0: This week on Raffy Reviews, Raffy Reviews, Deadpool 2. I've been bending backwards till I'm broke Watching all these dreams go up in smoke. palette cleanser. <laughs> uh, I gotta tell you, I saw Infinity War about three times, uh, twice after I had already reviewed it, I think. I think I saw it twice, and then I reviewed it, and then I saw it a third time. But, um, Deadpool 2 was a really nice palette cleanser, because I was getting really sick of thinking and talking about <laughs> Infinity War, um, and the ramifications that came from it. Little did I know, going into this movie, I'd come out of it with just as many questions and thoughts as uh, what Infinity War gave me. That being said, Deadpool 2 is not a complicated movie to talk about. I will say it's one of those movies, much like Infinity War, just getting into the nitty-gritty of it uh, will give you spoilers. Um, and I was surprised by it, obviously. Uh, which I'm really happy about, because Deadpool 1 was such a lightning-in-a-bottle scenario of everything going off right. It was almost like it was almost like you could watch Deadpool and completely forget that, you know, Fox had the ownership rights to Deadpool and the X-Men movies, and just because Deadpool, both one and two, plays so fast and loose with how Fox has handled the X-Men movies in the past, and you wouldn't think a studio would let a director, uh, like Tim Miller or the guy that directed this one, um, and, you know, Ryan Reynolds for that matter, uh, just, just rip on, uh, their past works, but they did, and, And it was really nice to kind of be reminded of that. I had almost forgotten how smart Deadpool was uh, as a movie and as kind of a satirization of what uh, superhero movies usually do. So, you know, Deadpool 2 was just, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm going to be talking about it point by point here. I'm going back to the whole, like, character by character thing. And, like, it's a really good movie, And something that I really appreciated about Deadpool 1 and 2 that, you know, is carried over is that these movies are really funny, but they're also really sad. (laughs) Um, There were moments in both 1 and 2 where you can completely relate to Deadpool and feel the pain he's going through. And I appreciate those parts because, you know, my biggest complaint about Deadpool, and I did a whole fucking post about this online my biggest complaint with Deadpool is that he's always a joke, and he always seems to be meme tastic. and, you know, his fan base, it seems like his fan base, and I mean this outside of comics, because there's a difference, but, like, the kind of, like, hot topic kiosk Deadpool fans, the kind of, like, internet meme, uh, you know, the Deadpool wallpaper kind of fans, like, those ones, not to talk shit about an entire genre of, or, sorry, a whole, like, demographic of people, but, like, Deadpool isn't just a joke, and it it seems like no one wants to bring that up. Um, You know, I can still remember back when Deadpool 1 came out, and I can see it here, too. Whenever I see reviews or I see people talking about Deadpool 1 and 2, no one ever brings up the fact that, like, Deadpool is a very tragic story, like, behind all those jokes. Um, And I appreciate that Deadpool 2 kind of rose the stakes on that. And, I mean, like, Deadpool tries to commit suicide. And and no one brings that up. Um, Deadpool does when he says he's tried to kill himself. And, like, like, there was no shock and awe. I haven't heard people bring it up or anything. So, like, I'm really happy that that was properly kind of uh, represented. And it really does offset, um, in a good way, all the comedy in the film. And there's a lot of serious topics going into this. Um, Deadpool 2, surprisingly is a movie that, like, is not just controversial because of the, the jokes, but, like, the subject matter is also kind of controversial. This this Deadpool movie feels like what an X-Men movie should be about. Because the, the main plot is that there's this mutant kid who has been abused at, like, this... I guess it's, like, a, a foster home. has been abused and experimented on because he's a mutant, and because the people that live there and run this establishment um, believe that mutants are an abomination against God, and, like, that sounds just like an X-Men plot, and it's funny how many X-Men movies just haven't done that in a long time, I, even, like, X-Men 1 and 2, like, weren't even about, um, weren't even about, I mean, they mentioned it, they mentioned it, but, like, mutation being an upfront to God to some people, but they never, like, went full tilt into it, and Deadpool 2 doesn't go full tilt into it either, but at least makes it, part of the plot and part of the reason why this kid is so neutral and in the middle between being a good kid and being a bad kid. Um, and it doesn't spell him out as a clear, uh, villain. It spells him out as a, a victim and that's what makes him do the things that he does. Um, and again, like describing that and then remembering, oh yeah, this is Deadpool too. it's just so bizarre because you wouldn't think, <laughs> you wouldn't think a Deadpool movie would have such a apt subject matter that really applies to the X-Men when other X-Men movies haven't done a plot like this. Um, it's essentially a mutant version of a school shooter. Um, and I think that's a really interesting direction to go, especially for a character like Deadpool, who isn't necessarily a superhero, who's, who's in that middle ground, that kind of anti-hero, he kills people, but he still, he still tries to be a good guy um, kind of area. I think that's a really interesting subject matter. And it's one that, again, you're not going to see a lot of people bringing up and talking about. It's really clever in that aspect. And then, and then the whole introduction of Cable and his mission of killing that kid because of what that kid goes on to do, um, it brings up a very familiar plot element of... Um, what, uh, what's the term I'm trying to think of here? Um, it, it's, it, it's punishing someone for something they, that they will do, but before they do it. You know, it's, it's making assumptions about someone based on, you know, what you, what you see as the future, um, and whether or not that's right or wrong. I know there's a movie that's all about that, but I cannot remember the name of it. Um, I'm surprised they don't make that reference. With, with every other reference they make, I'm surprised they don't make that reference. There's actually a few references I'm surprised they don't touch on at all. But, um, but yeah, the plot to Deadpool 2 is, it's relevant. And it's one of those things where, like, it could be relevant at any point, and I, I really like that about the film. Um, but, like, another thing I want to, to talk about before I get into the characters and stuff is just, like, how kind of, like, under the cover diverse the film is, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the kind of person to, to boost up diversity. Like, I don't like the champions because they're all different colors. I like them because they're all different people. Um, (laughs) I'm not the kind of person that's, you know, obsessed with that kind of thing and thinks that's the main thing, but, like, thinking about it, there's a lot of diversity in this film. Um, you got a Canadian, (laughs) you got a Russian, you have a a Japanese uh, woman, you have a, oh, you have a gay couple, you have a Middle Easterner, you have, I think T.J. Miller's character is Jewish, or maybe he just is Jewish, I don't remember, I don't know his deal, all I know is he's not going to be the next one because fucking sexual allegations. <laughs> Again, surprised they didn't make a joke about that. Um, but there's like, a, oh, there's a New Zealander, you know, and like the new the Russell the kid like the New Zealander. He's like overweight, and he makes a joke about like you know how many plus size superheroes do you see? And it's like I've been saying that for like five years, man. There's no fat superheroes out there, um, so it's refreshing to see a character like that like, mention that, and make it aware, and, then like, again, these people are aware of the subject matter that they're talking about, um, there's, uh, obviously an African-American character, there's characters with, like, PTSD and psychological issues, and a character with, you know, I mean, Deadpool's a character with cancer, like, no, um, but there's a lot of, like, environments they touch upon, and a lot of, like, subject matters they, they dig up just so they can improve the story, um, but yeah, so, so we'll get into the characters, So, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, again, kills it. Uh, It's one of those things where I can't see anyone else playing Deadpool. Uh, It really helps, I know, Ryan Reynolds is a fan of Deadpool. He's done his research, he's done his homework. Um, You can tell a lot of the jokes in this movie are from his perspective, uh, especially towards the end of the film. Uh, And, like, I'm really happy, again, to, to go back to the thing about Deadpool, having emotional moments, I'm so happy that Ryan Reynolds isn't just playing a comedy role, you know, there are bits, like, again, spoiling the whole movie here, not gonna lie, um, the, the whole bit where Vanessa is killed, and Deadpool chases the murderer outside, and, oh my god, man, like, that, that's when you forget it's a Deadpool movie, like, he stomps on a car, he bursts through another car, like, he's just in rage mode, um, fucking, he, he grabs the guy that killed Vanessa, and, like, just jumps in front of a car with him, Like, that whole segment was just so, so hard to watch. Because, like, all the, all the jokes and all, like, the, the goofiness just washes away. And you just see this, like, like, messed up, like, half-dead man just lose, lose the only thing he has. And it's, like, and you wouldn't expect, I mean, the thing is, like, I, when I saw Deadpool 1, I expected Vanessa to pass away at the end, or have some kind of heroic sacrifice, just because I was thinking to myself, like, oh, they're probably going to want Deadpool, like, single for these movies, just so he can hit on girls and stuff, um, because what else does Deadpool do, at least, you know, from what I see at conventions, anyway, um, <laughs> but they kept her alive, and then they kill her in this movie, and I couldn't decide if I was, like, I'm sure, yeah, I was surprised, but, like, I think I was more shook by his reaction, um, and, like, it, what I like about the Vanessa thing, and I don't have Vanessa down as a character, because she doesn't really do much in this movie, um, but she has some importance, um, Morena, Morena Bakaran as Vanessa, I think is the actress, um, like, they're, you know, they're, she's his fiance. they they're, they're gonna have a kid, they, you know, I should have known by we're gonna have a kid that she would have died, um. But what I really like, and I think it's kind of clever, and I don't know if it was on purpose. In the comics, Deadpool has a relationship with Death. Like, Death incarnate. Um, and Death is, like, this skeleton woman that loves Deadpool because he can't die. And that really appeals to her. And, you know, Deadpool can make Death laugh and stuff. Like, that's that's their thing. Um, and it's always been a thing in the books. Like, Thanos had a thing with Death, and he hates Deadpool because Deadpool... Like, like Death actually loves Deadpool. And Thanos loves death, and, like, it's a love triangle situation, um, but, like, death isn't in, in Deadpool 1 or Deadpool 2, but what I really like about how they handle Vanessa and her death is that, like, just because she dies, it doesn't mean she's removed from the film, like, you see a couple bits where Deadpool comes close to dying, and he sees Vanessa in the afterlife, and she, like, gives him the sage advice, and all he wants to do is be there with her, he wants to kill himself, so that he can be with Vanessa on the other side, um, and that, that to me, as, like, a Deadpool reader, is very, um, very close to death in the comics, because Deadpool loves death, and he wants to be with death, but he can't die, so he just has to go on living, and, you know, Deadpool loves Vanessa, and he wants to be with Vanessa in the afterlife, but he can't, so he keeps on living, um, and I I think that's a really good kind of way of fixing that, a way of, like, it's, like, it's a good analogy, I guess what I'm getting at, it's a good way to have Deadpool be in love with someone he can't be with, uh, because he can't die, without having to introduce death, and without having to push Vanessa aside, Vanessa is still an important character, but it's because she's dead, and Deadpool wants to be dead, um, which, you know, is kind of undone by the end of the film, but we'll talk about that when we get to it, um, but yeah, so Deadpool, like, Wade is just, his confliction is really great, his jokes are really great, there's a really good kind of, like, balance to his character between being cynical and whimsical in some weird, perverse way, um, and of course he hits all the jokes easily, like, other characters have their jokes here and there, but, like, Deadpool is the main character, and as a main character, he does an excellent job at at showing everything, while also being funny and having emotional value. Like, this is a three-dimensional character, um, and I appreciate that, much like the first one, Deadpool is not just a, a cardboard cutout of a joke. Then we have Cable, who's played by Josh Brolin, um, same actor that played Thanos, which, of course, they make a joke about. Um... And again, I'm surprised they didn't make a joke about his, like, time slider essentially being the time gem from Infinity War, which is also on his fist, like, in, um, the Infinity Gauntlet. (laughs) So, it seems like a missed opportunity, especially, especially given the end of the film. Um, no, he, he was good. He, he played the straight man really well. Um, Cable had, you know, an emotional family-based reason. Again, the whole film is about family, so, of course, Cable's motivation is the death of his family by Russell in the future, so I think that's interesting. Um, I think the effects done with him were were pretty decent. You get, you got to see like his whole chest and how the Technovirus was kind of overtaking his body. Again, I'm I'm kind of surprised there's no reference or or you know even a mere mentioning of Technovirus. Um, and I'm also surprised there was no mentioning of him being the son of Scott Summers. Um, I know his mother is just a clone of Gene Grey, but again, like that complicated backstory could have made for a great joke, um, especially, you know, especially in a Deadpool movie, of all things, um, but that being said, I'm really happy they kind of streamlined Cable to work in this film as just a a future soldier of sorts, um, and they didn't bog you down with, like, how his future was created, and, like, what his future is, like, all about, and, you know, they didn't tell you what the techno virus is, they didn't tell you, like, uh, you know, who his parents were, they didn't bog you down with all these details, because all you need to know is that he's essentially the Terminator, (laughs) um, but, like, all you need to know is that he's from the future, and he wants to stop something from happening, um, that goes against what Deadpool wants, and that's, that's enough motivation. Now, he hasn't become an ally until the very end of the film, and up until then, he's, he's a villain, and again, Josh Brolin nails kind of this sympathetic villain role, um, that I think, like, Josh Brolin just, like, is really good at doing, um, You really feel for Cable in some way, at least I did, I at least understood what Cable's motivation was and why he wanted to do it, and it's like, you know, much like Deadpool, because Deadpool did kill the woman that, like, killed, uh, his wife, or sorry, (laughs) Deadpool killed the guy that killed his wife, and he threw himself in front of a car to do it, so it is that big question of, like, if you had to kill someone to save the person you love, would you go so far as to kill, like, a 14-year-old kid, like, that, I get it, I get that as a villain motivation, um, I think, like, between their interactions, like, they work really well, because Cable is just the straight man, and he has this great playoff with, with Deadpool, um, where, where Cable does, like, he doesn't joke around, but he, he has a few funny lines, there's a bit where, uh, what is it, so Deadpool asks him if, like, if dubstep is still around in the future And Cable tells him that Dubstep is for pussies and just beats the shit out of Deadpool. (laughs) Um, And their fight scenes are good. It's really interesting because (sighs) Cable's a a character that's hard to kill, but not impossible to kill. And Deadpool's a character who's impossible to kill, but not hard to fight if you're Cable. So they have a good... it's a good matchup and a good kind of... um, kind of competition between the two of them, and I think they make great rivals, great enemies, um, and great allies to that extent, too, uh, to see Cable kind of turn around at the very end and give up, because what he does, yeah, he, he, his time slider only has, like, two, uh, two trips, and one to get to the past and one to get home, and after he wants to kill Russell, or, like, undo what Russell does, you know, the, the, after he knows Russell isn't going to turn evil, the teddy bear that his daughter has, that he brought to the present, um, is, like, uncinched. It's, it's like a, it's protect, it's like a regular teddy bear again, which tells you that, you know, the future is saved. But instead of going back to his future to see his family, he uses the last, the last, uh, trip from the time slider to save Deadpool from getting shot and, like, getting killed because of the inhibitor collar that prevented Deadpool's healing factor from saving him. Um... But, like, that was cool. <laughs> uh, there's really not much else to talk about with Cable. Again, he's a, good, he's a good antagonist for Deadpool. He has enough little lines here and there to remind you, like, oh, yeah, this is a Deadpool movie, and he's pretty funny. Um, and I liked him. I liked Josh Bowen as, as Cable. I think it was a good kind of change-up for him to go from this, like, major universe-ending threat in Avengers to being this very personal, like, man-on-a-mission role here in Deadpool 2. Next, I want to talk about Domino, because I was getting a real kind of weird, like, Trinity vibe from Deadpool, Cable, and uh, and Domino, kind of like a Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman kind of deal. <laughs> um, she was really good in this film. Um, I gotta look at who played her real quick. Um, uh, Zay-Z beats That's a name choice. Um, <laughs> I... I like Domino in this film, I, again, as far as the whole character presentation, you know, what she looked like, I couldn't give a shit. I'm not one of those people that really cares too much about Domino, um, but I know enough about her, and, like, the whole thing of being white-skinned the entire time, it's, like, it's such a, a little thing, I think, I don't know, I don't know, I don't really care <laughs> and clearly the film doesn't care either, they, they didn't even make a joke about her not looking like Domino, um, I don't mind, man, I don't mind how Domino looks, uh, especially because it's like, the, you, you get that she's Domino, like, that, that, like, the only thing that's different is how she looks, um, but I think she was this nice middle ground between being, like, kind of jokey like Deadpool to being serious like Cable, like, she wasn't as funny, and she wasn't as serious, but there was a nice middle ground to her, um, and, like, the whole thing with her powers was just, it was so great, because, like, luck-based powers, they're really cool, and I think that, you know, depending on what your opinion is on luck-based powers kind of depends on how much of a comic book fan you are, and how much you can contextualize a superpower like that, um, and that kind of, you know, goes to show that Deadpool was wrong and being that luck is a superpower, um, because the whole, like, uh, what is it, the whole transfer bus scene where she's trying to get to the transfer bus and she's running and she's using obstacles to, you know, get to the bus, uh, just, like, I don't know if she can control the luck-based powers or if they're always on for her, um, I can only assume they are because Domino is never hurt in the film, um, and, like, she doesn't, she's not rejected from, S, uh, X-Force, she doesn't, like, get shot or hurt in many ways, um, so I can only assume that it's always on for her, but, like, there were so many cool parts, like, the, the bullet ricochet, the, um, the car sequence, her not dying with the rest of X-Force, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, but she was fun, you know, they didn't, they didn't overdo it, they kind of, they, um, they outright said that she went to the same, like, uh, torturous Catholic place that, uh, Russell went to, and she saved all those orphans. Um, <laughs> she's fun, she causes a lot of, like, gore and destruction, much like Deadpool, and I'm glad they didn't kind of, they didn't make her overstep her boundary. You know, there was no point where she and Deadpool had a thing going on, there was no point when where she she tried to have like a big like speechy moment like she she was a great supporting character and i think that staying in that lane really helped um give the character her own light to shine under i'm, I'm like i'm i'm a high, i'm blah, blah. i'm happy that they didn't try to make her over important just for the sake of having this the female character be overly important uh, especially with some of the um, promotional material they did with her, like, you know, laying on a, a Deadpool skin rug, and, you know, being in pictures with Cable and Deadpool, um, I'm glad they, I'm glad they didn't push her into more of a main character spotlight, and, uh, I think she was fun, there's really not too much else to say about Domino, um, she was good, she was great, but using Domino as a segue to X-Force, like, holy shit, did that go south, (laughs) uh, oh my god, so, one of the things that I was really curious about with the movie is how X-Force was gonna really fit in, because I knew Cable was putting a team together and calling it X-Force, and he had, like, a military helicopter, and, you know, by the end of the film, I knew he got, like, a gray suit, but that was because of, uh, Firefist burning him, uh, Russell burning him, But, like, I was just thinking throughout the film, like, so, how is X-Force gonna work? Because if they just, like, they show up in Act 2, and I'm like, alright, so they are gonna stay throughout the film? Are they gonna go away? Because you introduce this team, how is this gonna work? Are we gonna meet these people? And there's, like, shots, there's shots in trailers that show the individual characters, like, fighting people, and you're thinking, like, alright, cool, so they're gonna actually, like, get involved. Way to, like, (laughs) way to turn us the other way. Deadpool too, so like Deadpool recruits um Shatterstar, who who straight up drops a mentioning to Mojo World or Mojo verse, which is like, Thanks for that. Thanks for making reminding me that Mojo existed. Um what is it? Terry Crews plays uh Bedlam, then uh Zeitgeist spits like ex- <laughs> he's a real X mainstream. I think ec- ec- ecstatics. Um but he like he like, vomits acid, which, I'm glad we only see that once, <laughs> um, the Vanisher, who, oh my god, I'm, I'll talk about him in a second, um, uh, who was the other one, uh, obviously Domino, and, uh, Peter, who's just a dude, who just showed up, and I'm glad, I'm so glad there was no big joke with Peter, where, like, he secretly does have mutant powers, or, like, he turns out to be this character that no one would expect. Like, oh, he's actually Mystique in disguise, or, oh, he's Apocalypse, or some bullshit. No, he's just a dude. <laughs> he's just a regular dude that signed up, um, and he's just, he's like a troll, basically. He's like a troll for all the people who speculate about who he actually was, when, in fact, he was just Peter. He was just a dude, um, and that's it. <laughs> like that, he, he is a joke of a character. <laughs> um... But, uh, Jesus Christ, they introduce x Wars. they jump out of planes, and because of wind resistance, most of them die. <laughs> oh, God, I love that moment, because I, did, I didn't see it coming. I didn't expect all these characters to just go and die off like that, and, I, and that would make, that's what makes the joke work so much. Fucking, uh, Terry Crews got hit by a bus, Shatterstar just flew into a, a helicopter blade, because of his dumb hair, like, blinding him, and his fucking green blood got everywhere, um, Vanisher, like, flew, and is invisible the whole time, he flies into electrical wires, and you see Vanisher is played by Brad Pitt, like, whoa, what a surprise, that was, like, that was my Peter Dinklage moment from Infinity War, like, holy crap, that was weird, um, Zeitgeist flies into a fucking wood chipper, and then, it's like he spits all over um all over peter <laughs> oh my god and of course domino survives because she was lucky oh <laughs> uh, that was great i think deadpool like yeah deadpool hit a sign too like he got hurt but he didn't you know no matter how hurt he got he would have lived through it um but no the x Force the joke is so is so funny and it's also great because and we'll talk about this more later if the fox marvel thing goes the way it's gonna go you know, it, like, if we do get X-Force, now there's kind of established, there, like, there's establishment for it, now you could say, like, oh, Deadpool goes and starts, like, a real X-Force Wolverine and Cable and all these other people, because he tried to do that once, and it didn't work out, <laughs> um, so I think that was great, the whole X-Force sequence was really great, um, and, like, it, it wasn't even a waste of time, because you still got Domino out of it. So I think that's a a good way of kind of introducing that character in a fun way, um, what else, what to move on to, uh, I guess like the whole X-Men thing, uh, Colossus, Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, that kind of thing, um, Colossus, again, I, I gotta give it up for, for Colossus, because he's, he's more like Colossus in Deadpool 1 and 2 than he is in any other movie, um, he looks like him, he sounds like him, he behaves like him, all that stuff, um, and I like his direction in this film, because he starts out with the same character you knew from Deadpool 1, and you get to see him get fed up with Deadpool, and be like, I'm not giving you any more chances, man, and by the end, when Deadpool is dying from the bullet wound, um, he's telling Colossus, like, hey man, you, you're you like the best friend you could be to me, and I wasn't like that to you, but you, you, stuck, the, you stuck that way, um, which is very true, like, that's just Colossus's character, which, how much shit you give him, He's going to be there for you because he's his friend. And there's a line about that, too. Colossus is very loyal to who he is in the books. And the fact that he wouldn't give up on Deadpool um, until he does give up on Deadpool <laughs> is uh, a testament to that. And seeing his, his return and his fight against Juggernaut was awesome. Like, those characters fight in the comics. But to see that in live action was just amazing. Um, and I loved it. And I loved Colossus, like, learning to fight dirty from Deadpool. Like, that's great um, he makes a joke about Mother Russia, which is, like, okay, that seemed a little bit much, but all right, I get it, you're Russian, (laughs) um, and it was cool, because, like, one of the things about Deadpool 1 was just, like, the henchwoman of that film, and her fight with Colossus was, like, okay, but I didn't get the, I didn't get the kind of fix of how strong Colossus was from the fight with her, um, but the fight with, with Juggernaut, oh my god, that was great, um, and, and Teenage Teenage Warhead, she doesn't do much, she's not as big of a character as Colossus in this film, figuratively and literally, um, but the one thing they give her is, uh, a girlfriend in the form of Yukio, and again, because of X-Men timelines, this isn't, this isn't the Yukio from, from the Wolverine movie in Japan, um, this is a, another Yukio, I'm assuming it's the new timeline Yukio, I don't know, I can only assume that, because I think, I think they are both the same character for some kind of, uh, sense, um, but this Deadpool 2 Yu-Gi-Oh has, the, like, electrical powers, like, uh, the X-Men Surge, um, but, like, I don't know, it, it's a little thing, neither of them have much to do, There's a running joke with Yu-Gi-Oh being, like, really nice to Deadpool, and is really nice to her, and it's cute, it's funny, um, but, that, you know, in the other X-Men, the other X-Men is, is so fucking funny, because, like, Deadpool 2, Deadpool's in the X-Mansion, in Professor X's chair, being like, you know, I haven't seen any other X-Men, like, you'd think the studio would give us more this time around, and then you, and then he's not, and then, like, there's another room where a bunch of the X-Men from the other movies are just in there, and they close the door on Deadpool, like, he doesn't see them, but all the X-Men are hiding in another room away from Deadpool, (laughs) and, like, it makes no sense, because those X-Men are all from, like, the late 80s, um, like, from X-Men Apocalypse, it's, like, what, it's, like, Quicksilver and Cyclops and Nightcrawler, they're always hanging out in this room with, like, Professor X and Beast and, and Cyclops and stuff, like, they're always hanging out in this other room, and Deadpool doesn't even see them, and they just close the door, that's so great, um, because it shows you, like, yeah, Fox threw in enough money to get, can't, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying because, like, X-Men Dark Phoenix, like, shot around the same time as Deadpool too, um, and yeah, it doesn't make sense because of the ages of the characters, but God damn it, was that a good joke. Just the fact that the other X-Men are all just hiding from Deadpool because they just don't want to deal with them. That's awesome. That's a great little joke. It's so quick, too. Like, at first, it, it took me a minute to, like, realize, oh, shit, those are the X-Men. <laughs> they want nothing to do with them. Um, and I mentioned him a minute ago, we'll talk about him closing out on characters. Um, the Juggernaut. Holy shit. Um, um, I saw a hint for this dropped for the first Deadpool 2 trailer, the first Deadpool 2 trailer was, like, the Bob Ross one, and there was a moment where you, like, you zoom away from his painting, and you zoom back, and there's, like, a, like a red face drawn on Deadpool's painting, and it kind of looked like Juggernaut, and a lot of people were, were speculating, oh, shit, is Juggernaut going to be in this? That'd be weird. And then he was, and it was, like, awesome. Uh, it's, com- it's completely not the Juggernaut from, like, uh, from X-Men 3. He's actually big, he's got a big helmet, uh, again, no joke about the Crimson Gen of Ciderac giving the Juggernaut his powers, or, you know, no joke about Juggernaut not being a mutant. That being said, Deadpool is a huge fan of Juggernaut, he actually, like, tosses out a few, um, issues of X-Men that Juggernaut is in, and really good in, um, I love that moment, because Deadpool is just being the X-Men fans watching the movie, like, all the X-Men fans are watching, and they're like, oh man, Juggernaut, he's so cool, I didn't know he was in this movie, this is so great, and Deadpool is just having the same reaction, I love that, that was so great, um, speaking of comic book jokes, the joke about Rob Liefeld not being able to draw feet, thank you, Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> thank you for making that joke, um, but no, Juggernaut, Juggernaut was cool, they didn't, again, they didn't overstep any boundaries, they made a joke about his brother being Professor X, um, there was a bit where he ripped Deadpool in half, just like the Hulk did to Wolverine in Ultimate uh, Ultimate Hulk or something. Um, he's just, he's just straight-up Juggernaut. I think Ryan Reynolds provided the voice for Juggernaut, is what I read. Um, but he's just straight-up Juggernaut. He's got enlarged body parts, and I mean that, like his face and his, like, body. I don't mean anything else. Um... But even though he's the Juggernaut, they still treat it like it's a Deadpool two movie because he gets like a electrical wire plugged up his asshole. Like (laughs) they don't, they don't ignore the fact that yeah, this is still a Deadpool movie. Um, My only complaint, and it's such a minor thing, it's such a fanboy thing. I really wish that Juggernaut's armor, because you see him, he's wearing like um, like a prison suit and then his metal helmet. But like, I really wish the helmet was red. Like, just make it crimson red. That's his color scheme uh, he looks so much cooler when he's just crimson red like that, um, that was my only disappointment with Juggernaut, I think, otherwise, again, they, they made Juggernaut what he needed to be for the film, this big monster that eventually comes out, I'm really glad there was no, like, jump scare scene with him when Russell went to go see Juggernaut, um, but it was handled so perfectly, and, um, I'm just happy we got Juggernaut in the movie, because, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to show up in any other X-Men movie at this point. Um, But no, Juggernaut was done really well. Uh, I really liked... uh, I just really liked that he just got to be there. And we got to see him fight Colossus. And we got to see him just be this this big asshole, this big unstoppable thing. Um, He made a great plot device. (laughs) But yeah, that final sequence of Deadpool uh, dying, he did not the movie opens with him talking shit about Wolverine, how Wolverine died in, uh, Logan, and, uh, and he makes a joke about, like, oh, yeah, Logan, well, I'm gonna die in this movie, too, and by the end, he, he does. I mean, time travel saves his life, but Deadpool still dies, and it's, like, whew, man, rough. <laughs> uh, he has this overly long dying sequence where you just, like, gets really emotional with the other characters there, and again, when he got to the bit about Colossus, like, that, I, I felt the emotion in that, because um, that was just a character being real with another character, um, man, and, and then he dies, and he's gonna be with Vanessa, and then the world calls him back, and I'm really happy that when Cable uses time travel to bring Deadpool back to life, I'm really glad that Deadpool doesn't resent Cable for it, I'm really glad there's no scene where he's, like, pissed off, and he's like, I was gonna be with Vanessa, and you took that away from me, I'm really glad that doesn't happen, because Vanessa tells him, like, it's not your time yet, they still need you, you know, you'll find out one day why they still need you, and we'll be together one day, that kind of whole thing, um, I guess he wouldn't hold it against him because of that end credit scene, but still, like, I'm really glad Deadpool didn't come back and just went completely asshole and hated Cable for what he did, um... But let's actually talk about that end credit scene. <laughs> so so Yukio and Negasonic Teenage Warhead repair Cable's time slider, and Deadpool uses it to, quote-unquote, fix some things. And this this is, like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, a, a time travel thing is repaired. What does Deadpool do with it? He does it to help himself. <laughs> so he goes back in time and he prevents Vanessa from being killed. Now, apparently... Ryan Reynolds had said that this whole, um, after sequence is, um, is canon. Like, it all happened. It's not a big joke. Like, this time travel stuff happens. And, <laughs> holy shit. So, he goes back in time, he saves Vanessa, and, then he time travels again. I can only assume, because, like, I'm trying to wrap my head around how time travel works, because if Deadpool went back in time and saved Vanessa, the whole movie wouldn't happen. So, I can only assume, because then Cable, like, because then Firefist would still become a villain, and Cable would still come back to time, and all that shit would still happen, and Deadpool wouldn't be involved. But I, I can only assume that when Deadpool went back in time to save Vanessa, his past self became aware of what the, fu- the future is going to be, and the movie just went on the way it did. The only difference was that, um, Vanessa wasn't killed. That's all I can guess. Like, he goes to the X-Men, and helps them with Russell, and it leads to the cable thing, that's all I can guess, because, um, because Deadpool 2 doesn't want you to think about that, um, but he goes back in time, and oh, what's the other thing he does, is not he, did not he save, uh, he saves Vanessa, and then, oh yeah, he time travels to X-Men Origins Wolverine, and, and it's done really well, because all they did was, like, they had Ryan Reynolds wear the prosthetic again of, like, what Deadpool looked like in X-Men Origins Wolverine, and they just use, like, footage from that movie to have Hugh Jackman, like, show up in the end. It wasn't even Hugh Jackman, it was just, it was just the footage from that movie. And they just edit in Deadpool killing, um, the, the bad Deadpool from that movie, and then just walking out. Now, again, time travel shit, if he killed Deadpool, how does he exist now? Um, I don't think he killed that Deadpool. I think he just shot out that Deadpool so that Wolverine could continue, like, again, narratively, it's because Deadpool knows no one likes that version of Deadpool from Origins Wolverine, um, but in the actual universe, like, if they are the same Deadpool, he would just heal from those gunshot wounds, and, like, come back from it. So, that way, you still have Deadpool, but now that Deadpool isn't as big and important as he was in Origins. I don't know. I'm looking too much into it, because it is just a joke, um, and then the last one is Deadpool goes and he kills Ryan Reynolds before he can do the Green Lantern movie, <laughs> um, holy shit, that was good, so, I will say that is mid-credits, it's the only, it's the only after credit scene, so if you are gonna see this movie for the first time, you listen to all this, and i spoiled the whole movie for you, stick around for the mid credit scene, <laughs> um, again, you'd think Deadpool would be the one to tell you to stick around, like, in the beginning of the film, because he's breaking the fourth wall, um. But no, the, I love the end credit scene, because it does do all this time travel bullshit, and all these loop-de-loops, and Reynolds says it's in canon, and so all this time travel stuff actually happens, and the the present is changed. Like, you could legit just say, like, this is the reason the X-Men movies changed from um, X-Men 3 to First Class, and, like, Days of Future Past happened because, because Deadpool fucked up the time stream. You could say that, but, you know, like, if... If the X-Men movies go on and the Deadpool moves go on to be what they are about, you could say the timeline's fucked up because Deadpool did it. Or, if this Marvel-Fox thing goes the way it's going to go, it, it's not going to matter. And I think Reynolds probably knows that. He knows that Disney's going to get the X-Men rights and, and redo the X-Men. And so, he's just like, well, if it's all going down, I might as well just fuck with the timeline. <laughs> um, and it's great because they say all that time travel stuff for the very end... And they only use it for a joke, which is a, I think a great um, a great idea of using that. You know, ultimately, you know whether or not Deadpool gets a third movie, or if there is going to be an X Force movie, you know, or if Disney keeps Ryan Reynolds around as Deadpool in an X Men movie at some point or something. You know, whatever they do, you know, I, I really do appreciate Deadpool Two, especially knowing that its future is uncertain. Especially knowing they might not have a third one. And that's sad, it really is um, because of how great these movies are and how they do go outside the regular superhero um, movie formula. It, it, it sucks that we might not get a third one, but all that means is that we have to appreciate these movies more. And again, beyond all else, like Deadpool said it himself Deadpool 2 is a family film, you know, it's about Deadpool finding his place and finding where he's going to go, and where he fits in, and, you know, he doesn't fit in with the X-Men, but some of the X-Men might fit with him, they might fit inside of him, <laughs> um, and the whole thing with X-Force, and Domino, and in, in a weird way, adopting this kid, and making Russell like his, his little buddy, you know, it's very reminiscent of Deadpool in the comics, I kind of wish that Russell got to be Kid Apocalypse, because there's a bit in the X-Men comics when, Apocalypse is reborn as this kid, and, you know, everyone hates him because they think he's gonna grow up to be, like, actual Apocalypse, and Deadpool's the only one to be nice to him and, like, take him under his wing as kind of a foster son, and it's a really good relationship, and that's kind of what Russell has with Deadpool by the end of the film, so it would have been nice if it's, instead of Firefist, it was Apocalypse, um, and it would also be because, like, you know, we get Juggernaut in this film, and he's kind of, like, a big apology of what Juggernaut was in X-Men 3, um, and, you know, by the end, we see Deadpool kill, like, you know, not kill, but shoot the past version of Deadpool that everyone hated from X-Men Origins, so, like, the whole, like, the movie takes its, it makes, uh, what is it, the movie goes out of its way to say, like, yeah, we know some of the past X-Men movies have done some shitty things and made bad decisions, and Deadpool knows that, too. So, I'm actually surprised with the reception that X-Men Apocalypse got. Maybe it's because it's just too soon, but I'm actually surprised Russell just wasn't Kid Apocalypse. Um, but the movie's about family, it's about belonging, um, and you see that with Russell, too. You know, when when Deadpool won't help him or be his friend in prison, Russell goes and, like, becomes friends with the Juggernaut, and the Juggernaut's a bad influence on Russell, and and he's just, like, a, a battering ram for Russell to use on other people, um, and, like, it's, it's sad, it's sad in that respect of, like, it's a movie about belonging and trying to be part of a group, but, like, someone like Deadpool and someone like Russell, they believe they're not meant to be part of a group because of the people that they are and because of what they look like, 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 Deadpool doesn't fit in the X-Men because of the things that he does, and, you know, the fact that he's bloody and gory and gross, he's not a traditional superhero, and then Russell doesn't think he belongs with the superheroes because he's overweight, and that's, like, that's something he briefly mentions, they don't make a big point of it, and I appreciate that, um, which is why those two characters kind of work together, and, you know, the same goes with Cable, like, Cable's whole thing in this film is trying to get his family back, because his family is the only thing he calls home, And then by the end of the film, he's fine with staying in the present, because he knows that, you know, guys like Colossus and Domino and Deadpool, like, ultimately, they're good people, and he can find a sense of belonging here in the present. Um, you know, X-Force, big team, you know, most of them die, but, again, that was about belonging and being part of something, and, you know, Domino got to survive that and be part of it. Um and, like, she saves orphans from an orphan, and, like, yeah, the whole orphan thing is, like, you know, Russell and Domino both come from an orphan home that, you know, people were tortured at, and, of course, like, that's awful, because to be part of, like, this foster home is to be part of something, but it's part of something harmful and tragic and traumatic to, to your mind and everything, um, and Deadpool, you know, again, not just the being belonging to the X-Men thing, but, like, when Vanessa was killed, that's all Deadpool had. Without Vanessa, he doesn't belong to anything. You know, it's a theme. It's a big theme that the more you think about it, the more you look for it, the more you find the film is about. Um, which is why Deadpool just straight up tells you it's about family. Um, but God, like, this movie's, it's really good. It's really good. The jokes, the jokes always hit spot on, I think. There's a lot of great references and pop culture things and it's a, you know it, it takes as much of the comedy from the first one and just boosts it. Um, the action is great. The cinematography is great. The choreography is awesome. Um, the characters they use and the way they use them is really funny and really creative in the way that they do things. Um, it, it's just great. And Again, knowing we might not get a Deadpool 3 only makes this film more, more treasured, I think as a, as a comic book movie viewer, um, but yeah, Deadpool 2, for me, gets, you know, it gets a solid A, you know, I think that there were some places that could have gone that could have improved the story, that could have improved how it was kind of directed, and how it kind of led on, but I, I feel pretty safe in giving Deadpool 2, uh, a solid A, so if you haven't seen it, go see it, go tell people about it, uh, Deadpool 1 and 2 are great movies if you're not a big fan of the superhero movie genre, but you do like comedies, so I think you'll really get into that. Um, But yeah, Deadpool 2, awesome film. Thank you guys for listening so much to my review. Go to panobot.podby.com for all the podcasts. Um, Panobot.blogspot.com for everything I write. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and we have stuff on YouTube. I haven't done a lot on YouTube recently, but maybe I will. Let's see what happens. Um, But thank you for listening, and uh, have a good one.